One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Good morning, 0818969696, the number. The text to WhatsApp's 0833969696, or the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. A lot to do. You'd be amazed at how your boss can watch you now and legally watch you now, and they are watching you now. Get to that during the morning. Also, The Last of Us. I, I finally got around to watching The Last of Us uh, last night, the night before. People are saying, oh, that's the best thing since the sliced pan or the chipped potato. Actually, I was underwhelmed at The Last of Us, to be quite plain and honest with you. And I'm a fella who loves me science fiction and loves me fantasy and that kind of stuff. I was underwhelmed with episodes one and two. I'll probably watch the rest of it um, at some other time. Uh, we heard, believe it or not, from South Africa yesterday about gorse fires. It's been one of the ones that took up a lot of time for us this week. Do you remember the gorse fire last weekend down on Mount Gabriel where it came perilously close to damaging the radar systems of the country and perilously close to damaging houses and people were frightened because the flames got so close and we learned those of us who didn't already know me included we learned that it is still for some reason best known to the government it is still legal to burn gorse in this country up until the 1st of March and a couple of farmers have been on to say look you know don't be jumping on our case here we have to get rid of that stuff because if we don't we lose our grant money that we need to, to run our businesses and, and all of that and is there not a better way to do it if you must do it than burning it out we had a kind of a country people informing the townies over the last couple of days and then we got a call from South Africa believe it or not um, they do it out there too so I'll get to that uh, later on this morning and being it being Friday you know the deal anything could happen if there's anything on your mind that you think we ought to be talking about then 0818 96 96 96 is the number but there was a case came to a conclusion yesterday at the Central Criminal Court a man called Christopher Stokes was jailed 
for 11 and a half years for a vicious assault. He is in his late 30s. His victim is a woman called Simone Lee and he gave her a terrible ordeal. He he frightened the life out of her. He started to beat her in a car and then it went back to their apartment and he blocked the door of the apartment her apartment actually, not his apartment blocked the door of the apartment with a fridge freezer beat her senseless, poured boiling water over her sprayed acid in her face and then piled cardboard around her and set fire to the apartment. The poor woman lost everything that night, almost lost her life turns out it was the second serious assault she's had in her young life and yesterday at the Central Criminal Court Judge McGrath, Judge Michael McGrath jailed Christopher Stokes for 11 and a half years this guy had threatened Simone that he would bury her body on a farm she was afraid she'd be blind she woke up and she couldn't see after the attack the judge said it was a vicious and cruel attack outside the court Simone spoke to reporters for a few minutes she was interviewed by Paul for Virgin Media News and I'm glad to say that she joins me now on the opinion line Simone how does it feel to have it all over you now and he's gone to prison for for a long time how does it feel it feels fantastic it really feels great. I feel, I feel safe again. I feel free again. You said outside the court that you see yourself as a survivor, not a victim. Yes. I don't want people to portray me as a victim because I'm still alive. I never give up. I don't know how I'm alive after everything he'd done. People are saying to me, you're an inspiration, you're this and that. I'm, I'm like, thanks. It was just, I, I never gave up. Hmm. I got very depressed after the attack. I ended up having to go into psychiatric hospital because I just couldn't cope. I lost everything. I became homeless because of it. Like, I lost everything. I was fascinated hearing a shock, really. It started in the car and continued all day into yeah. that evening. Such a terrible thing. Yeah. Such a terrible thing. 14 hours it lasted. Did you think at any stage that you were going to die? Oh, on at loads of stages. Like he kept on knocking me out unconscious. And I, I kept on, I, I just kept on getting back up. He was punching the head off me in the car. And he broke a bottle off my head. I was begging him to stop and he wouldn't stop. Like, totally frenzies. He would not stop. I mean, he's about six foot two. He's a big, big man. Yeah. I'm only five foot one. I stood no chance. You stood no chance, yeah. How are you physically now? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. You see, I went to um, Cool Mind Treatment Centre for five months. And I kind of, I got back my, my confidence and this and that. But also, you see... Over there, skin grafts onto my back. Mm. I couldn't actually walk straight. It took a good year for me to be able to walk straight. My, my. This was because he poured the water over you, yeah? Yeah, oh, I still remember the pain. 
I still remember the pain. God. The most excruciating pain of my life. Have you still got pain day to day? Not day to day, but it's numb. The feeling has never come back in it properly. It gets itchy because I had the skin grafts. But when I scratch it, I don't feel it scratching. Do you get me? I do. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. There was all the coercive control and all that. Like, you knew him a long time, Simone. I only knew him about four months. Right. Through a friend. He actually... I was after getting an Android box. And I had, like, a Vodafone box. But I couldn't tune in the channels. My friend said, I know a guy that does this. He came up to my home. He was dressed in overalls. I thought he was a television technician. I paid him 70 euros to tune in the channels. Right. He just seemed to keep on calling. Then he was texting me. And then a friend of mine got out of prison, and he he actually knew her very well. So she kind of vouched for him Hmm. that she knew him. And so... I took her word for us. Were you in a relationship or was he just... No, no, no. no. I'd be, he never even tried anything on me now. I'd, he didn't. Yeah. And was there ever a sign that he was capable of that kind of anger, that kind of violence, no? Well, what he did start doing was I didn't know till I was in hospital because I had nobody to talk to over the COVID and I started keeping, you know, like a journal. Yeah. And I was putting down all biller points and like he was, blo- I have a lot of friends that are our fellas. Yeah. He was blocking all my friends' numbers, and they'd call up to the house and they'd say, "Simone, why did you block us?" And I was there. Um, I don't even know how to block. And the, the particular phone I had was a new phone, and I said, "I don't know how to block numbers." And then I did actually unblock themselves. And then it was like, um, if people called, he said, "Don't even answer them. Just don't answer them." I'd be there. Why? Nice. You know, he was. He was like. It was very, it was only when I talked to the lady in the daft, she said it was coercive control. He changed passwords on my phone and everything, and I never even copped this. Christ. I thought he was being a friend. He was picking out clothes for me. I only said it today. He was picking out clothes and matching up clothes, and I was like, oh, lovely, I have a cool gay friend. A lot of my friends are gay. And I was like, do you know, because he matched the clothes up lovely. Yeah. I just didn't see it. Do you know when you say you didn't see it, you probably sat thinking, how didn't I see it, or do you? Yeah. When I was in hospital, it was like, how did I not see it? Yeah. How did I not have... Because I, I do know, if I had told any of my family the way he was constantly calling up, they would have said, why is he calling up? You're not a couple. He was like, if he was going to the chipper, he'd ring me and say, do you want something to the chipper? And he'd bring it up, we'd watch a movie. And he never tried anything. It was just, he would never go. And I was very quiet. I was like, I think he'd go home. And it just, he never seemed to want to go home. Were you comfortable in his company initially? Um, At the start, yeah. But, like, um, my dad had died in November 25th, right, before the attack. And I remember he used to often sleep in my room because I wouldn't sleep in my bedroom after my dad died. I would sleep on the couch. Yeah. And I'll be honest, because I was lonely, I, was, I just, I didn't mind him staying. Because he'd be in the bedroom, I'd be in the sitting room watching TV. And um, 
he came, he got up one morning, I'll never forget, I was looking at pictures, my dad on my phone, and I was uncontrollable, crying, I was in bits crying, and he just looked at me, kind of threw his eyes to heaven, I was like, in my own head, what's his problem? I'm after losing my dad's. See, he knew I was very vulnerable at that time as well. Did you ever think about that? What did he want from I that's I don't know. Yeah. I think it was because see he, he broke up with the mother of his kids and he was back in his mother's house. And he didn't like being down there. My my apartment was just a place for him to go, watch what he wanted on TV. Yeah. The other person who was involved Timothy. How how is he? Yes. I don't know, I don't speak to him. Oh, don't you? Okay. No. I haven't spoke to him since it happened. I know. Had you ever heard of the term coercive control until... No? No, not until um, I spoke to ladies in ADAPT. And as soon as I said, he was changing my... I I put everything together when I had so much time in hospital. I was like, why was he changing my password? He was blocking people's numbers. He would answer my door. If people called, right, and just say I was asleep on the couch, he would go down and answer the door and he would leave people in or not leave them in. It was my home. Very sinister stuff. Yeah. When the judge handed down the long sentence, and he has got a hefty sentence, thank goodness. Like, when the judge was preparing... To sentence him, what did you think? What what were you thinking might happen? Okay, well, I the way I was looking at it was, I was like, okay, he never pleaded guilty. Up to Monday, he was still pleaded not guilty. I had to stop him getting bail. I had to go up to Dublin every three months to stop him getting bail. You were afraid that if he got bail, he'd come back. Oh my God! Of course, I was like to send to the guards. I'm going to have to move to England. I'll have to go somewhere in another country, and I wanted this is my home. I was happy when the judge said that um, when he does get, get released from prison, that he can't approach me or the other witness. I have a bit of peace of mind again. Yeah, some some of the stuff that came out was was very cruel. This about you were assaulted previously, and he knew about it. Yeah, you see, I was assaulted in 2016. Right. I ended up in an induced coma. I was stabbed in the back. I was. But uh, burnt with hot water, he poured it over my face. I had a cracked pelvis, he stabbed me in the back. They put me into an induced coma over all my injuries. And how did how did Stokes know about that? We were sitting down one day talking about it, and I was saying, I made a full recovery, a yeah. full recovery yes. after that. And I said, I thank my stars every day, because my mother at the time had died before that. I said, I know my mother kept me alive. Mm-hmm. And I never paid. He said, oh, what happened to And I said to him, um, I said, yeah, I said, I had to learn to walk again, chew food again, which I did. But I made a fantastic recovery. I couldn't have wished for a better recovery. So, so you shared this with him like you'd share it with a friend, I guess. Yeah? Yes. And what happened was, on a couple of occasions then, so it was only when I had time to write everything down in hospital in my journal, he had said, yeah, yeah, I Googled that. I read what happened, Joe. I, I read what happened. He kept, he kept on, why would he keep on Googling it? Because I told the guards after this happened, I said, you do know he Googled what happened to me. But with that guy, at least he had the dignity to plead guilty. Guy got jailed for that, did he? Yeah, he got nine and a half years. Two suspended for pleading guilty. 
Right. And after the attack, after Stokes attacked you, am I right in saying when you woke up first you couldn't see? That must have been terrifying. Yeah, I was blind for three days. He he threw ammonia acid in my face. Ammonia, it's like a hair dye. Do you know yeah. there's ammonia and hair dyes? Yeah, yeah. And it burnt the eyes off me. My lips were all swollen from the punches, but the cuts, the ammonia went into them. I got blisters all over my lips. I was blind for three days. When I made my statement in hospital, the guard had to hold my hand and I could just sign SL. I couldn't see a thing. I could see about 10% out through my right eye. And I didn't know was my eyesight going to come back. And thank God it did. I was on, I still take eye drops to this day. You know, when you wake up of a morning now, Simone, and, and you are alive, every morning must be a relief. It's amazing. I, I appreciate things now. Like if it's raining out, I can hear the rain. If I hear a car pass or I hear people pass and I can look out the window and I can see what they're talking about, things that I would have never, things that I would have taken for granted before. Yeah. What do you want to do with your life now? If ever again, not going to see him for a very, very long time, you're still a young woman. What, what do you want to do yeah. with your life now? I, I want to do courses to help people that go through something like me. Now, I don't want that to happen to anybody, but when this happened to me, I would have given my right arm to speak to somebody that knew even 5% of what I was going through. Yeah. They could have told me how I was going to feel, how I was going to react, how scared I was going to be. I would have given anything to have somebody like that. Hmm. You talked about the group ADAPT. Tell me more about them. I've never heard of them. Um, there's a, When I got attacked by Colin Ryan, in 2016, he, my apartment was gone. So th- they moved me into ADAPT. And I used to go to counselling every morning. It's for, it's a, like, it's, it's a domestic violence place. I see, I see. Um, now they helped me loads. But with this, I'll be honest now, with this attack, <clears throat> it was when I was up in Cool Mine. Girls from ADAPT happened to come up one day and they were speaking about coercive control. And I was linked in with a counsellor that I used to be able to talk about it. She, I was able to talk and she was able to listen, but she didn't know what, what I had went through. Do you get me? Uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, would you like to do something now, like train as a counsellor with a group like that? Yeah. Something where, God forgive, if a poor girl got hurt and she could talk to me and I could say, look, I understand what you're going through. I've been there. Yeah. You have to fight don't give up. Don't sit there going, why did he? Why did he? Hmm. Did, did you ever have those moments, Simone, where you had kind of, why me? What the hell? How did this happen to me? Yeah. When I, when I was in hospital at the start, I remember talking to this lovely nurse. I remember saying to her, I said, but I didn't even raise my voice to him. I said, I didn't even give out to him. Hmm. And she goes, don't you ever blame yourself. I said, but why me? Why me for the second time? Once is bad, but twice. Yeah. Twice in your life you've been through this. Twice. I wouldn't harm a fly. I'm the most soft-hearted person you could ever... i do anything for anyone. And I'm very approachable and easy to talk to. And I don't know why these two men thought they could just do that to me. Who looks after you now, Simone? Yourself, I suppose. Me? <laughs> well, my family. Now, Cool Mine have helped me so much. How did you end up there? 
basically, in I think it was the start of July, I couldn't cope with what happened to me. Basically, I hadn't drank in four years. When I got to hospital, I started drinking, trying to block this out. I see, I see. It could never be blocked out. Never. Yeah. And I, I got really depressed, angry with everyone, angry with people that I loved. And I, I actually begged them, please, please put me into 5B. I never thought I'd see the day when I'd ring my sister and beg her to put me into 5B. 5B? What's, five, what's 5B, Simone? It's a psychiatric hospital in Limerick. I see, I see. I was there for six weeks and five days. When, when was that, last summer? That was in, in, in July. And when I was out in 5B, I was, you know, I was talking to social workers and doctors and I was like, do you know what? And plus as well, I was homeless. I know, yeah. I had no home to go to. And I remember saying, I was like, ma'am, dad, please, there has to be more to life than this. If that's the case, why didn't he just kill me? I know. And and then I started ringing um, a good friend of mine that knew all about Culmine. And he said, would you not try to get into Culmine? I never rang somewhere so much in my whole life. Yeah. And I got in. And the first night that I went there and I put my head on the pillow, I slept. And that was on the 1st of September. I was sleeping maybe an hour if I was lucky. I was going around, my eyes were bloodshot. I was frightened to close my eyes. I could hear his voice. I could hear what he was saying. Like when when he pleaded not guilty, that was my first time hearing his voice. Right. Everything came back to me. I'm going to chop you up. No one cares. Your family don't care. Nobody's even going to look for you. You made me feel worthless, useless. Like nobody was even going to notice that I was gone. And here you are. And here I am. A survivor. A survivor. Well, all I can do, Simone, is wish you well. Wish you good health and wish you a great future. You, you deserve it. It's, it's been a privilege to speak to you today. An absolute privilege. Thank you so much. You take care now. I will. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Simone. Uh, she's lovely to talk to, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. If you have been affected by anything in that interview, and I'm sure many people will have been, uh, you can call Women's Aid. They have a 24-hour national free phone. Uh, 1-800-341-900. 1-800-341-900. And never forgetting for a second that these things happen to men too. Men's Aid Ireland have a national helpline. 01-554-3811. That's 01 Five five four three eight one one. We have some correspondence to clear and we want to return to something that I was talking about a day or two ago. Baby names. A total change of topic, but then it's Friday. These things can happen. The most popular baby names in Ireland. <laughs> one of them is more popular than a certain mammy ever thought it would be. Next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. 
The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 25th to 27th to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. You made me feel... You can host a coffee break, fill a change collector box, or support your favourite sport on Jersey Day. And we're always open to fun new ways to fundraise. So get planning now. Get planning now. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 25th to 27th. You made you feel Only on Cork's 96FM Now the CSO issued their list during the week of the most popular boys and girls names in Ireland in 2022 and not surprisingly actually Jack and James are still two of the big sh- the big names for boys they've been up there in the top five since 1998 Jack is consistently the most popular boy's name, James, consistently in third place. But, but Sandra, I had to laugh. You thought you had the only Noah in the village. <laughs> I know. But, but oh, he's we in second <laughs> place now. What happened? <laughs> I know. You know, when you have a child, you try to pick a unique name or you pick a name that I think is in the family. And I think that's where the Jack and James come from. I think it's most... More often than not, it's a family name. Um, but Noah, I didn't know any Noahs when I had Noah. Other than the one he in was, the Bible, like. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I didn't know any personally. <laughs> um, he was born in February. We had his name picked before he was born. I was delighted with myself. I was like, Noah, lovely. That would be great now. Lovely name. Everyone, like when he was born, was like, wow, I don't know anyone by that name. Such a lovely name. And by the middle of that year, we were flooded, flooded with Noah's. <laughs> I mean, I was telling, um, I was telling one of the researchers that his, I was in Aldi one day, uh, about eleven in the morning. So we were there early enough, and we went up to the till, and the cashier says to Noah, "And what's your name?" And he's very proudly he's like, "Noah, my name is Noah." And she, "Wow, you're the third Noah I've met this morning." <laughs> I could have died inside. <laughs> really, you thought. <laughs> you 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 thought, oh crikey, I've got a unique. I what'd be worse, you know? What'd be worse is if you turned around and said and called Noah, and you go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh stop! I mean, it, there's yeah, it's so so common now. Like it's a really really popular name, which is lovely. But when you were going for a name that you thought was a bit unusual and unique, and then it's just it's everywhere everywhere and I mean my other son then we didn't make the same I was like no I won't go for a name that's really unique you know we'll just go for a name that we just yeah we like that we called him Sam I don't know any other Sam I know a Sam <laughs> I know two Sams actually oh well there you go ah <laughs> uh, yeah it's a nice name though Noah isn't it nice name it is it's a nice name um, but I do think people are going back towards kind of older names at the moment um, like Molly is really coming back and Molly when I was growing up would have been a re- like I only knew like grandparent age people who were called Molly do you know that yeah. kind of way yeah do you um, remember do you remember the, the craze for naming kids after television characters yeah, now ironically enough, there was a Noah in Home and Away. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of all the Charlenes and Scots that yes, were on the north side yeah. at one point. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of pressure as well with the name. Like, I don't know about you now, PJ, when you know your kids were born, but we didn't tell anyone the name until afterwards because we didn't want people weighing in with opinions. 
Yeah. Whereas now people kind of tend, like even on the forums, the Mammy forums and stuff online, uh, they tend to put the names out there and look for name suggestions and I'm going to call my baby this. And yeah. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. I'd have like too many cooks. Yeah. Don't want the opinions. <laughs> I remember when we, so, were, we were picking names for the twins and we went through loads of names, you know, later date, I like such and such a name, which we'd say, I, that's grand when you're three. Like, at one point, <laughs> her, my daughter was nearly called April. And I said, that's lovely when you're four. I'm not so sure when you're 24. But we ended up, when we picked them all, you know, I mean, there's my, the J in my name stands for Joseph, right? Mm. My wife's name is Jill with a J, right? Then there's James and Gemma, who insists on a J. So yes. we're a family of flipping J's. <laughs> and completely without the intent. <laughs> we didn't realise that it was, it was way too late. Way too late, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it's funny because you just, you don't, I think when you're naming somebody, you try to, like that, you try to think of, okay, does this suit a baby, but does it also suit an adult? And it's very hard. I mean, I went to school with a bridie and I still can't fathom how you name a baby bridie. Bridie? You know, <laughs> bridie. Presumably it was Bridget, or actually it could have been Bernadette. And no, so she was always Bridie. So she was like from like junior infants in school. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I find that amazing. And I mean, there was nothing, you know, she's the only one I know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the, the, the old names are starting to come back. Um, I think they are. Yeah, well, my, my former colleague here, Fiona, her daughter's Nancy. Oh, yes, yeah. And that would be quite a traditional name, really, yeah. yeah. And I do know a Nancy, actually, who's about my age as well. No, it's it's. It, I think I think it's nice to see. You get sick of fancy names. You know I mean, Noah. Like that. Noah. Noah is as old as the Bible. This is it. it. <laughs> yeah. And as it turns out, we ended up picking two very biblical names. <laughs> what other name have you? Uh, so Sam is the other. Oh, the other yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, Sam. That's right. I forgot about Sam in the Bible too. Sam, mm. listen. Have a nice weekend. Good conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah, Noah is the thir- second most popular name in Ireland in 2022 for a boy. The top five being Jack in one, Noah, James, Rian, and Charlie. And for the girls, in reverse order, at five, Lily. At four, Sophie, Fia. Grace, which is one of the old names coming back, and Emily. I'd love to get a real unusual name. A real unusual name and why. A real mad name you picked for your child and why. A a name that, and I know they're out there, someday your child is going to turn around and go, Mammy, what were you thinking? What were you actually thinking? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Dermot Kennedy, live in Las Vegas. Cork's 96 FM. No way. Yes way. Hello, Paul Collity. <laughs> I'm absolutely buzzing. Oh my god. I can't believe it. Congratulations. Have a brilliant time in Vegas. Lads, I'm absolutely delicious. Thank you very much. A massive congratulations to our winner. Now stay listening for more great ways to win. Thank you for supporting this music.
Only on Cork's 96FM. Baby names. Amy. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. You have a girl called Bella. I do. And three boys. What are their names? So, Spencer. He's six. And then I have twins who are just turned one. And that's Shay and Nate. So where did Spencer come from? Uh, Spencer... I, I'd heard the name on Criminal Minds, so Spencer Reed. Yes, yes, Spencer yes. Reed. <laughs> One of yeah. the best characters of all time. Yeah, I absolutely love him. And my son is actually quite similar. <laughs> Tall, longish no, hair. No, he's tiny, but he's, it's the brain. He's similar in the brain. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, now we're friends. Now we're friends, because Spencer Reed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shay and Nate, where do they come from? Um, I'd always wanted a little boy called Nathaniel. I didn't want it shortened to Nathan. Right. So, and then when we decided on Shay, because we couldn't agree on twin names at all, <laughs> and then we, we settled on Shay, we both really liked it, so I was like, we'll have to shorten Nathaniel. And I didn't want to shorten to Nathan, so we ended up with Nate. So we had uh, is, Shay sp- is Shay short for Seamus, or just plain old Shay? No, just no? Shay. Just Shay. <laughs> And, yeah, a lot of people don't like shortening names. Yeah, like sometimes, a lot of people call Bella Belle, and she hates it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't like, I, I don't mind shortening some names. Like, Spencer ended up being shortened to Spence. Yeah. Naturally. That's happening, yeah. That, that even happened on the on the television show. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, she, and Nate, you don't like Nathan, but you can live with Nate. I, I, yeah, yeah, I love Nate. Yeah. It, that's kind that of was actually from uh, Gossip Girl. I used to watch Gossip Girl years ago, and I, I loved the name uh, Nathaniel. And yeah. then it was Nate. In country and western times, they used to call him Nat. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I know, I know why you didn't want Nathan. Yeah. Because you didn't want like people it. going around going, Catch me, mama, with your wagon wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me um, you didn't. <laughs> I think as well when you're naming babies you have to like you have so many factors to take into account mm. and uh, one of the biggest ones for me was the Cork accent so we we liked the name Theo but when you hear it in the Cork accent Theo like, yeah <laughs> sounds like sounds like a Chicago rapper gone wrong like yeah yeah you have to just think of so many things and, and like you they do, be going to school and Will they like it? Spencer doesn't actually like his name. He wants to change it. But then again, he wants to change it to Sonic, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's so like Spencer Reed. Spencer Reed is not even funny. Yeah. Sonic. Sonic. The Hedgehog. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I won't tell you about our cat, so how, how, how our cat got its name. And Shay, was, Shay's happy. Well, they're, they're, what, what age are they? They're only just turned one. In, turned they one. haven't time to argue yet. No, not yet. I'm sure they'll do it plenty when they get older. <laughs> and Spencer's my age? He's six. He's six. And Bella? Bella's 11. Yeah. Shorting that to Bella is going to happen. Oh, she she pulled them up. She really? She's very quick to say it's Bella. And is it short for Arabella or... No, no? just Bella. Just Bella. Everybody was saying, oh my God, you got it in Twilight because she was born around the same time that Twilight came out. And I was like, no, it's not Twilight. It's Beauty and the Beast. Even though her name was Belle. <laughs> she won- and that's where the con- you, you see you're confusing the children. yeah <laughs> yeah well, yeah we we used we were kind of focused on the twins are coming and we were talking about two we wanted them to have the same letter 
Yeah. So at one point they were nearly Adam and April. Yeah. And and I said, well, April, not so sure about. And there was a teacher in my school called Adam, and I hated. He was nicknamed, and I hated the man. <laughs> so I'm not having an Adam in my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. Like you're influenced by so much. Yeah. My my mum is is adamant. She wanted to call me Pepper. I don't know where she got Amy in the end. Pepper. But she wanted to call me Pepper, yes. Did she tell you where she got Pepper from? No, no. But then again, she likes really weird names as well. She ended up calling my brother Mikey, but she wanted to call him Benjamin or Samuel and never wanted them shortened. Oh, God, no. You see, Ben Ben is a lovely name. Lovely. Ben, I would call a lovely masculine name, right? Mm -hmm. Same with Sam. Well, actually, Sam can be kind of androgynous because there's girls called Sam too. Yeah. But, but, no, Benjamin, no. Benjamin, no. she wanted the full title, Benjamin. No, no, there's a Benjamin regularly on the telly in the UK and he's an annoying little scrap. And I, you know, you tend, you tend to associate the names with people you, you like or That's don't. The thing, yeah, you do, you do. You associate names with like a person you met once in your life and you're like, oh God, no, they were horrible. I remember going through names and it's like, I've never met uh, a certain name that wasn't like a horrible person. <laughs> Are you? Is your brother younger or older than you? He's younger. He's. Well, he, it's a good job she didn't get away with Pepper. Oh, definitely. Because she'd have tried to call him Salt. Salt. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, have a lovely weekend. Have a lovely weekend. Yeah, have a lovely weekend. Too. weekend. Bye. Cheers. The television thing really does influence. You have any of you have a Penelope. I do, yeah. We have Penelope from um, that lady from Criminal Minds as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always like Penelope name, Garcia, um, the computer geek. Yeah, Penelope Garcia, yeah. That's what the, my little Penelope is named after her. Yeah, and she was never a penny. Is your girl ever a penny? No, but like she never, she couldn't say Penelope for a long time, you know, when she was younger. So she calls herself Pelly. That's, um, yeah. Pelly. So we, that's her nickname, yeah. Pelly. P E L L I. What age is that? Is she now? Well, she sticks out. So oh, that's she, a stick. She can, she can say Penelope now, but yeah, everyone calls her Pelly, which I, I don't mind. That's, that's actually yeah. nice. That's different it, to Penny. I actually, yeah, I think so too, yeah. And our, our son is called Sonny. He calls um, he calls his sister Pelly as well. That's another, char- that, that's another character. Yeah, yeah, Sonny. Um, my mom has an uncle called Sonny, so yeah, that's where we got Sonny from. But I actually think Sonny is quite popular now. Yeah, there's actually yeah. there's a Sonny in one of the best detective shows. Um, it's it's back, Unforgotten. I don't know if you've seen it. it well oh, is it? Yeah, oh, it's I back see. for I season know, five. And, and Sonny, you know Sonny, the character. Yeah, he's Sonny with a U, not Sonny with an O. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, no, he, we have a Sonny with an O. And uh, my husband likes to think he's, he's um, named after Sonny Liston. He's some boxer, is he? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> some boxer, is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Penelope and Sonny. So Criminal Minds seems to be a team because I was listening to the, the previous lady with a, with a Spencer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they were, and they were my and they were my two favorite characters, Spencer and Penelope. And Pe- yeah. Penelope never <laughs> liked being shortened to Penny. Oh, really? well, I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind people shortening it, but um, is your yeah, is your pe- little one interested in computers? No, no, not yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Nia, good one. Thanks. All right, thank See you. you. Bye, Mick. Mick Nugent, you have a? Do you have an Oscar? Hi, PJ. Yeah, yeah. My brother uh, Barra, um, the new baby there. Well, it's nearly uh, baby, baby Oscar, which I thought um, 
I think it's a lovely name and probably not too, you know, too common these days, I think. Yeah, you would, that, that's actually... Um, Deirdre, my former colleague here, Deirdre, her boy is called Oscar. And I think I came across another Oscar recently. Those traditional names, they're coming back, I think, a bit, aren't they? I think so, yeah. My, uh, my brother's a big interest so, in history. Um, so it was kind of actually, apparently, almost a traditional Irish name, but apparently came with the Vikings as well. Oscar or different types of spelling of the same name, you know, so... I think that's where the brother has big interest in history, so that's where he went for. A lot of our names came from the Vikings, when you think back. That's true, that's true. And it was, his own name is Barra, which mightn't be too uh, too common either, so he named it Sonia Oscar. Barra. Oscar was Barra. he christened Finn Barra and changed it, or was he christened Barra? I think it was just Barra, just Barra, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. Cheers, Mick. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Let's try. Actually, you know what? This might be fun, lads. If we let it go through the morning, the names of children, the unusual names that we got so far, we got a Penelope and a Sonny and a Spencer, all named through um, criminal minds. Then again, Sonny could be out of um, SVU two. Sonny Carisi. I mean, I was. Years ago, we had a north side full of, and a south side too, full of Scots and Charlene's from from neighbours. And then there was a, a woman I knew who called her daughter Nadia after the great gymnast, Nadia Komenich. She was a Romanian gymnast. Only the poor woman had an awful cork accent, so the child grew up being known as Nadja with a J. But did you ever, did you call, anyone call their child after a television character or a sports fan? I, I, I can, there's a few, I imagine there's a few Cristianos around and maybe even a few Ronaldos. Do you know what I mean? Let's see. Let's see what's out there. As they used to say, what was the one they used to, what they used to see? Let's see what's out there. What was that show? Oh, crikey, I'm lost. Let's see what's out there. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork's 96 FM invites you to run the Cork City Marathon Sunday, June 4th. Yeah, we run and we Whatever you do it for, be part of this summer's favourite feel-good event. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie for Sunday, June 4th. Do it now. Do it now. With Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we could have some fun with this, actually, seeing as it's Friday and we try to have a bit of fun on a Friday. Here's another angle on it. Do you have a name that you absolutely hate? That your mother and father gave to you and you turned around and said, Let's, Mammy, Daddy... What on earth were you thinking? We won't take the Mickey out of you at all. I pro- no, I promise. Do you have a name that you hate? Or did you ever come up with a name and then your best friend said, are you off your chuck here? Don't call the child that at all. We called our girl Michaela after our late brother-in-law, Bill McKay. Because when he married my sister, she wouldn't take his surname. And he badly wanted to be part of the Mannix clan. He finally had his wish, but unfortunately he'd passed on when she was born from Tig Mannix. There's a name. Actually, that's a fine, solid name. Michaela Mannix. Nessie says, there's a name. Nessie says, my, my son is almost three. His name is Odin Lynch. 
We absolutely love his name and so does everyone we meet. His name started as a joke to wind my partner up as we are big Avengers. <laughs> Avengers and Vikings fans. Isn't Odin, isn't he Thor's evil brother? I, I know. My partner was adamant. There was no way he was going to be called any of the Vikings or the Avengers, but he warmed to it. And we're super proud of our Odin to this day. Odin's also a huge fan of Casey and Ross and of PJ. We love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Yeah, Odin, wasn't he? He was something in Thor... We've watched all the Thor movies a dozen times, myself and the boy. Odin was Thor's nasty brother, wasn't he? Something like that? I think he was. Yeah. Claire, I have a girl, Reese. Reese, and I get mixed responses. Rose, Tracy, named after Tracy Austin. Oh, yeah, Tracy Austin, the tennis player. Shelley, she was named after the Guns N' Roses song, My Michelle. Could you play it? It would be great. <laughs> Do you want me sacked by the close of play today? <laughs> I would if I could, but I can't, unfortunately. Oh, 818 96, 96, 96. There's a name that is back in the headlines. And we had an email during the week from Denise about it. The name Bertie. Bertie's back in the headlines. See how I did that? Bertie's back in the headlines. He has his own podcast. He got honoured at a university the other day, although there was a protest. Um, he'll be up there in the headlines, the 25th anniversary of Good Friday and all that. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. I have said... All week, and I continue to say it, and we might talk to him maybe Monday to see what's going on, but Alan O'Reilly at Carlow Weather has been saying for maybe the last week or so, don't believe everything you've been told about a beast from the East, Mark II, uh, because the, he was seeing no sign of it. He was seeing cold weather, possibly very cold weather, for sort of Sunday to Wednesday of next week, but he wasn't seeing any sign of heavy snow or anything like that or sleet or anything like that, heavy sleet just just cold and a lot of dry weather out there he's kind of hedging his bets a little bit this morning his latest tweet which came out just before 8 o'clock says the weather models for next week are a mess milder air is now trying to push up against the cold weather coming from the north, it could result in a mixture of rain, sleet and snow so best to keep a close eye on the forecast over the next few days uh, so and Alan will always tell you if things are changing so it looks like more changeable than we thought now and very cold for the start of next week starting to turn seriously cold I think Sunday night into Monday morning we have a family bible with a relative called Effingham oh my god Effingham Dear Lord Here comes Effie Couldn't imagine dumping that one on a child These days Effie, there's a, a Pal of mine, Stephanie Stephanie's called Effie I've had her on the show before Podrick, my daughter is nearly eight We called her Alia Never heard it before And now it's everywhere Alia also is Casey and Ross's little buddy as they call her in the mornings. Thanks. To line one, you're saying, lads. Right, Denise. 
Yes, come on, Peter. How are you? How are you doing? Your oh, names, good. your girls' names? Girls' names is Candy and Tori. Candice and Tori. All right. Explain yourself. <laughs> Candice, well, Candice was originally supposed to be Shanice. It was a name that I always had for years. Okay. But we ended up calling her Candice at the end of the day, and then it was Tori was actually named by Candice. Oh, really? Fergal yeah. loves Candice, actually. He thinks it's a nice name. Reminds him of Candy. Sweeties. Yeah. yeah. That's and, it. Even if somebody calls her Candy, she doesn't like it. She doesn't like her name shortened. Neither of them do. Right. And, and Tory, is that a short from Victoria? No, it's just Tory. Just Tory. But my mother, but my mother insisted, God bless my poor mother, she passed away there before Christmas, but she, um, she insisted that I put Victoria on her birth cert. Why? I, she just, it doesn't, it, the name just didn't make sense to my mother. Yeah, I think our mothers wanted to be able to trace our names back to saints. Yes, exactly. Or, or, it has to be a name in the Bible. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Although, is there a Saint Victoria? There's a Victoria about 20 feet away from me here will tell me whether there's a St. Victoria or not. But is there? And, uh, but Candice, and they don't, they don't, she doesn't like it shortened. She doesn't like it shortened to Candy or anything, or anyone calling her Candice. It's Candice. Oh, yeah, because I would, that's what I would, no, that would have been my mistake at the start. I, I would have said Candice, but no, very, very strictly Candice. Yeah, Candice, yeah. Candice, all right. Their second names are very unusual because they're from Nigerian background. Okay. So Tori is uh, Tori Adani, and Candice is Candice Ifediora. Help me with that second one, Candice. What? Ifediora. Ifediora. Gotcha. Yeah. I see. Nice. Oh, they always they always have neat. The, the majority of Nigerian names would have meaning. Yeah. So. Uh, oh God. Sorry. Go go again, Denise. That dropped out. Sorry. Um. The name is Fediora comes from, um, what is it called? It's one who brings joy and sunlight. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. So, and my first tattoo then was uh, the Greek sun on the back of my neck for Candy. Lovely. That's cool. Yeah. Candice and Tori. Lovely names. Denise, thank you. 0818 uh, My granddaughter is Kiara. Kiara. Not Kira. Kiara. Spelled K-I-Y-A-R-A. Yeah, Odin was Thor's father. Loki was the nasty brother. Odin is the god of the Vikings. Thanks, Nessie. Yes, isn't o- yes, Odin or yeah, um Loki is the guy who comes to Earth in one of the movies and meets the sorry, I'm fanboying here, meets the Hulk and says to the Hulk. On my planet, I'm a god. And the Hulk picks him up and bashes him off the ground three or four times. And he goes, puny god. <laughs> Love that scene. 0818 96, 96, 96. Voice message from Tracy. PJ, after my mum had three boys, she uh, had one girl, me, and called me Tracy. And on, on her fourth pregnancy, then she was hoping for a girl for me to play around with. And she named her Joy. And my poor sister Joy don't like her name being Joy. Because <laughs> she's the joy of her life after having me as well. <laughs> there was a lot of Joys around at one stage. I don't know if there are too many of them these days. Brings me always back to people giving their children unusual names or, if you like, non-traditional names and then people giving their pets human names. I'm always thinking of George as George Patterson and, and Orla's dog. 
called Trevor. He's bloody dog is nearly 20 now. He's, he's called Trevor. And there's a cat. I think I've told you this before. There's a cat, or there was a cat, in Douglas. Big, huge, ginger cat the size of a dog. His name was Brendan. I loved it. 0818 96 96 96. Happy to come back to that if you've any. Particularly people who argued as well about the name that we're going to give their child. Or were you given a name and you go to your parents, what on earth were you thinking? Like, come on. There was a guy in school with me and we won't give his full name now to avoid his um, his embarrassment because he's still around and he has quite a successful business. His middle name was A. So we'll say, and I'm not sort of giving his real name here now, we'll say it was John A. Murphy. And you said, John A, John A, John. what's the A? Archer. Like, in the name of the nine parts of speech, as my mother used to say, what would you be calling a child Archer? Like, in Cork-like. 0818-969696. Let us go back to gorse fires. Uh, you'll know there was a, a big one, a bad one, down in Mount Gabriel last weekend. And it was caused by the legitimate, which I was surprised to learn, the legitimate burning of gorse, which got out of hand, got out of control. And Christopher O'Sullivan, the TD for Cork Southwest was on the phone with me here earlier in the week. He sent us in some pictures and it was a bad fire. And people were frightened because it got quite near to some houses. It also got quite near to the golf balls on Mount Gabriel, which are so important to our aviation industry, to the radar systems of our country. And it opened a broader discussion on the opinion line about how on earth in 2023 are people still allowed to actually go and burn Gorse. And a few farmers got involved in it and said, look, PJ, we've no other way. We have to clear it. But we kind of have no other way. You can you can cut it up, you can dig it up, but it grows back really fast. And if you don't burn it, uh, it will grow back way too fast. And then because of the way the whole farming community is financed through Europe and all of that, you lose your grant money. That, that we didn't. You lose your grant money if you have too much gorse on your land and it's been doing it for him for for a couple of days and some people are appalled by the idea that you would burn this because of course when you burn it you're burning a habitat you're probably hurting animals and birds and bees because gorse when it flowers attracts thousands and thousands of bees It's it's a very broad conversation but we never expected to get a call on it from South Africa Shan, I, I think you do have burning, bush burning, gorse burning, the equivalent in South Africa. Hi there. Yeah, it's really common, like basically from the end of Feb to about mid-May, we have people burning their own land so that in our drier months, we don't have salt fires and all of that that gets out of control. So it's legal to burn it, is it? There are places that... You need to get a special permit for, like your wildlife communities, like where I am. I know for a fact that I'm not allowed to burn. You need to make sure that in your drier months, you actually are a bit more careful. Let's say, for instance, barbecues. What you'd have to do is you'd have to make sure that it is 100% 
cold and it's normally two or three days before you can actually throw the ash away. Yeah. Basically. The burning of bushes, is, is it controversial over there? Not so much, but one of the reasons why we do have all these people actually burning um, burning land and, like you say, bushes and stuff is because we're in a very dry climate. So yeah. basically is someone can flick a cigarette out the window or, let's say, a piece of plastic. Yeah. It can start a fire that goes on for miles and miles and miles. Yeah. So it, yeah. it kind of has to be done, but there's a season, like you said. Yeah, there's a season. Most of South Africa, it's from around now to the end of March, April. Okay. And then in Cape Town, it's July, August, somewhere around there because they get their wet season then. I see. Where we get our... We forget in such a big country, there are different weather systems. Shan, may I ask you how... We were delighted to get your message from South Africa. <laughs> how someone in South Africa is listening to 96FM? Have you been to Ireland? Have you been to Cork? I have. My mum lives in Dublin, Swords, And um, my ex-boyfriend actually lives in Bishopstown. <laughs> Ten years? 11 uh, years ago well actually my ex-fiance but let's okay not let's not go there but but you but you liked cork enough to keep in touch yeah it's a little bit of home for me believe it or not i'm originally from south africa but my home is in ireland if that makes sense and do you get here often since still the last time i was in ireland was in 2018 17 18. Okay, well, hopefully you'll get back here again soon. It is lovely to hear yes. from you and to chat with you, Shan. You too. Enjoy the rest of your day. And you. Thank you. That's Shan. Actually, her name is Shanley. While we're on the subject of names, there's a lovely name, Shanley, known as Cousins of Shan, in Johannesburg. So that You see, we have a global audience, lads. We're proud of that. Global audience. 0818 96 96 96. Tony... Names, animals, humans. My brother found a stray cat. It was a big, strong thing. And everyone was commenting on how big and strong a cat it was. Brother brought it in. There was Chairman Mao on the television. So we called it, I'm assuming, Tony, you called it Chairman Meow. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. Cara Junior School Parents Association will be holding a bingo night at the Cotton Bowl Mayfield on Friday, the 10th of March at 8 pm. Raising money for further equipment for the school, there'll be music, bingo, spot prizes, and lots more on the night, and all are welcome to attend. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With CorkSimon.ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96FM. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. (laughs) You see, strange names can catch anybody out, even me. I said that there was a, a name, what name was it? Alia, I said. Alia, or, yeah, and the friend of Casey and Ross and loves the show and all of that. Alia. Oh, daddy's on the phone. Hi, PJ. Just to let you know, her name is Alia, not Alia. If she heard you, she'd have murder. She's in school now, so she won't get to hear this, thank God. Whew, <laughs> I dodged that bullet. Thanks, Dad. 0818969696. And we'll keep that coming. We'll get some good names during the course of the morning. Now, on Gar's fires, I have one or two other things as well, which I'll get to, because I'm sorry to hear, uh, Councillor Audrey Buckley, that you've been getting a hard time online because you're one of the local councillors. We love having it on the show because you don't put a tooth in it and you say what's on your mind, unlike some other people we could mention it won't. But before we go to that particular topic, Gorse Fires, you had something to say about it. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> um, well, look, the Gorse Fires, um, we, you know, as you know, we had the sheep and goats up in Temple Bridge and Cross Haven. Um, I would like to see something happening uh, in Kent Cork in, in Ireland nationally, actually, like they do in other countries where they hire uh, goats and a shepherd to clear all the brush away. And then things like it happened last week, lastminute.com, you know, people said to clear the land. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to see something like that happen. Um, other countries are doing it. It works very well. Yeah. It's a green way to do it. 
it's mm. uh, you know biologically it's for animals for the habitat yeah it yeah. ticks a lot of boxes you know I was so surprised to learn from Christopher O'Sullivan that it is still legal I, I, I thought it had been deemed to be illegal years ago but goats and you're not the first person actually Audrey to suggest goats this year to bring them in to clean the scrub and the, and the bush can I get thanks for that can I get on to your unpleasant experience recently someone you have regularly been on the program here talking about antisocial behavior on the 220 bus and on the beaches and people leaving leaving waste around and i think you'd also litter i I have a big issue with litter it's one of the biggest pains of my life because i just don't understand it you know and you got targeted on tiktok yeah, I did. Um, I don't personally have TikTok myself. So kind of what happened was back in 2019, I just was elected actually as a new councillor. Um, and then when the whole, I, that I spoke on your show about, about the um, the Church Bay Beach, you know, picking up yes. you know, 10 bags of litter of drink um, after one day, uh, that kind of carry on. Um, a TikTok account was created with my photograph, my council um, profile photograph, um, and underneath it, um, I hate teenagers. Um, so this account was created. I don't have TikTok. I still don't have TikTok. Um, my brother, who works abroad, contacted me um, and showed me a picture and said, get on to TikTok. This is put up your picture and an account has been created in your name I hate teenagers I didn't have TikTok so I had to scramble and get one of my kids to go on to have a look mm-hmm. um, so there was a teenager had created an account um, and there was a small bit I think it was just put up and I think what had happened was, was one of the parents of my brother's friends saw it um, and straight away contacted my brother to tell him. Mm-hmm. So the guards were called, um, and I reported it to TikTok to take it down. Um, I think after a couple of weeks, I kind of gave up looking to see if it was taken down because it hadn't been. Yes. Um, the guards knew about it. To be honest, I didn't. I, I don't think anybody knew how to address it. And Joni, recently again, one of my kids were saying that my picture was up on TikTok still, uh, and now it's under a different name, but it's my photograph, my um, council photograph. So it's a big issue. Um, and God only knows what else is out there, because I'm on Facebook and I probably do a bit of Instagram. I don't do the other two social media pages. Mm-hmm. So we're not accountable. You have an idea, I think, who's behind it, though, do you? Oh, yeah, we do. And the guards spoke to them. But look, the photograph is still there. And TikTok were constantly being alerted that this was a fake um, account and it was using my personal details. And they still haven't taken it down. What did they say when you told them? Oh, nothing. Basically, what you do is you right-click on the picture or the page and uh, say it's an authorised use. Mm. A very basic system. Um, and I just think it's very unfair. It's unfair for everybody, not just for political candidates and that, but it's for anybody. Um, it could destroy somebody's life. Yes, yes. I mean, it, it's. I understand some of the stuff that was being said was quite nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, all about I hate teenagers and that, which is quite nasty, especially that I have t- three kids myself, uh, yeah. two teenagers, well, three teenagers now. 
Um, I'm fortunate enough I use my maiden name. Um, I don't use my married name, so my kids were shielded a bit. But still, it's it's not a nice thing because it's up there forever, kind of, you know. How, how did they feel or had they seen it? How did they feel? I showed them and they had to show me how to use TikTok because I didn't know how to use it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, TikTok, I think it's, it's a, it has to be accountable. All these social media sites should be accountable because it's life ruining. I'm lucky because I'm older, but if it happened to a younger person, it's always up there. So if you went for a job interview or for anything, mm. this stuff can be popped up if somebody looks up your name. Yeah. And Audrey, would you consider yourself tough? I would be tough, yeah, I think. I lived in America for 20 years. So I I think tough I'm pretty tough. But not as tough as anybody started, you know, uh, speaking about my family, my kids, etc. Yes. You know, personally, I can kind of take it. And what I do do, um, I don't engage. If I post something up, and social media, it's a great platform yeah. for local issues that are going on when we're looking for help moving the sheep or goats, those kind of things, you know. Yeah. But yeah. then the dark side of it is is if this whole keyboard worrying stuff starts on it, I walk away, I don't engage. Um, I'd private message somebody or I'd pick up the phone and call them to clarify yeah. or I'd try and remove it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you say, being in the public eye like you are as a yeah. local politician or like myself, the job I do, you're in the public eye. There's a certain amount of it comes with the gig and we know that. But when you bring our kids into it, you cross yeah. a line. Yeah. You cross yeah. a line that's not... not and someone, no, no one has any right to cross that line. No. Somebody has to be held accountable for it. And I just think it's a very slow process what they're trying to do or we hear what they're trying to do about, you know, uh, removing these, this, these contents from social media pages. Well, for me, this didn't happen anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, you've... And it, it, it appears that getting any of them to move quickly is, is just, it's, it's a pain in the neck. They, they don't. There must be. Would you, would, you, would you be a supporter of stronger legislation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm kind of tough enough and I'm older and look, but I, I feel bad for any youngsters out yes. there that this has been happening and it's up there for everybody to see. And if they ask for it to remove, it's not been removed, the yeah. photographs and that, you know. Yeah, they, they say, well, it doesn't violate our community standards. That's the famous one from Facebook. Well, sorry, sod your community standards. I don't want it up there. It offends me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a direct attack on me. Audrey, before I let you go, and we believe, gee, I, I thought the local elections were only the other day. We have another round of local elections next, is it May 12 months they're due? Yeah. In, in 20, I assume you will be standing. Um, I, I will actually, I was just speaking to uh, Councillor Seamus McGrath, who I'll be running with in the Cargilline MD area. Uh, look, I'm very happy. I've great support from um, their office. So I feel, um, yeah, I'm getting a lot done. Um, so mm. it's more to do. So yeah. I've, oh God, yeah, that's so I'm going to run again. It, Audrey. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It but, is. No, come, um, the posters, though. We might not see oh, yeah. that many posters in yeah. Cargilline next year. Well, look, as a tidy towner for now over 15 years, and that's how I think I got into this councillor job, um, I just 
so energetic woman, no previous record uh, uh, previously. And 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 uh, I just would express my great great happiness. And 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 I couldn't imagine it's happening. And they they were treated me very yeah. well. You you they, you would have been. Well, you treated for shock because arriving like that and seeing the ambulances and the paramedics and a helicopter overhead, you must have got an awful shock yourself, did you? Oh, I, I tell you, PJ, it was unbelievable. I just completely fried down with the shock and, and I couldn't even move. And, uh, and the GP explained me they are uh, try to stabilize your condition to deliver to the CUH and and they explained what happened and uh, the colleagues and the store manager and everybody gave a hand that time and and uh, and the paramedic unit staff and the ambulance staff was amazing they were so kind and nice and and, and I just realized then uh, they're superheroes among us you know Ain't that the truth, my friend? Superheroes, and and they don't always wear capes. Did, was she taken in the in the chopper, or did she go by ambulance after? She went up to the ambulance. Yeah, the chopper didn't land because the place wasn't suitable for for the chopper. You know, and and uh, I went with her with the hospital, and the staff was working really hard yeah. to bring back her life. You know, aren't they brilliant at what they do? Oh, absolutely. They are top of their, their job, you know. Yeah, we, hear, we hear so many stories about the health service and the problems in the health service, but it's like that, Attila, when, when, they re- when you really need them. There they are. Absolutely. We couldn't realize how important their job, and, and, and they are always there if we need them. They, they responded very quickly, and the staff in the shop and the GP and the, and the pharmacy workers, which is in, in that unit. Okay. They responded quickly, three minutes, within three minutes, uh, they gave assistance for her. And this, this few minutes changed her condition because if they are delays, she's gone. She's gone completely. And, and how are you? I'm, I'm still under, under shock, you know, and I and just try to carry on my daily routine. I have okay. a, one daughter, and I have to care about her. Yes. And you run a business, yeah. do you? Run, run a little business? Yeah, I have a little business, and and I'm I'm try to running my workshop, you know, and and just just to be strong and giving the support for her. Yeah. Well, she's getting the best care she can get at the moment, and hopefully, someone's taking care of you and your family. And thank you for calling me. And I know that shop. I know that shop very well, and, yes. and a fabulous shop it is. And possibility that your wife may even have served me at some stage over the years. Um, so we wish her well and her colleagues, and they must have got an awful fright as well. Yeah, yes, I think so. All right, listen, uh, Adila, thank you very much. If you were there the other day, if you were one of the medics who were called, if you're anyone who lent assistance, uh, he just wanted to say thanks. And he just wanted to say thanks to the medical personnel who who saved his wife's life and stabilised her in such a way that she was able to go by ambulance because the helicopter couldn't land. You know that you know the one it's you know that that's a fabulous shop as you come down into Super Valley or into Kinsale there. It's on your right hand side as you go down. 
Brian has sent in a comment on names, which is probably aimed at an over-18s audience, but we, we will keep it there. And we might use it later when we're safely out the gap and can't be given out to. But thank you, Brian. That's your plumber. I called my dog Kendra. You didn't, D. Kendra. That's after some television thing, anyway. That's after some 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 real housewife of there's no real housewife of Western Australia or some aren't they the most awful screamers on the telly? You hear them now and Judge Judy. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's another um, that's slightly red le- red red letter as well, or red yeah, over 18s rated thing. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Back to gorse fires and another farmer, Mike, our old pal, Mike. So, gorse oh, fires. Mate, how are things? How, oh, how are you getting on? Why in 2023, Mike, is it still legal, much less desirable, to set light to a field? Well, like, the thing is, like, look, well, we, as a farmer myself, we have to control the hedge grow, right? And it's, look, it's, it's, it's like for Tony people like yourself, and I explain it in that form. If you've got a garden in a tree in a, in a black thorn, wherever it's that's growing, overgrowing, what do you do? You cut it. Yeah. But that's one tree to you, which could be 50 trees to a farmer. Right. Um, like how we say, I remo- I remove I I had to. Well, I didn't burn it. I, mo- I I I I removed it with a digger, but I lost over two acres in the field. Right. Which is equivalent. If you put another way, it's equivalent to one day of uh, milking, is one day of feeding to cows. Sure. Cutting it. I don't losing. think cutting it or digging it up or or I don't think that bothers people as much as setting fire to no. it, Mike. Well, the thing is, there's a, there's only so many places you can put, you can fill holes in a ditch, <laughs> and the t- but the thing is, is there are some there are some there are some plants in ditches that can will not die away, so you have to either dig them out or burn them out, because they will keep growing and growing and doubling in size as fast as you know about it. Yes. So that's that. So my, but we, we, with the burning, look, I've, I look, I can admit it. Yeah, I have burnt, I have burnt them in in a control in, in a controlled environment because I didn't have a place to put them. Yes, like that. That, that is the that, that is the problem. Plus, with with the boys up in the mountains and that, uh, they are. It's in another way, it is a cheaper form of getting or and an, more of an environmental because if you put in a machine inside there, mm. how much more damage will the machine do? Than a fire will do. Would you think? By digging in. What bothers yes. people when they look and they see, like you, if you can imagine looking at Mount Gabriel last weekend and they mm. see it on fire, yeah. they see the danger to nearby dwellings, they see the danger, potential danger to the aviation facility there. Plus, they see damage to habitat, wildlife, birds, bees. Do you know, people are, people, well, well, people are looking for a different like they, way. They've to been do doing this. it for hundreds of years. Yeah. Well, like they are, they do, they're, 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 there is, but it's a thing. It's it's more time consuming because they've only got a certain window to do it before, like when the when the birds when the birds in leave leave or leave that certain area at a certain time, like the birds will come back, and that's so like they have they have only a certain they have only a tiny window 
to get it, get, get that job done and to control it. Because if it, if that goes overgrown, then there'll be more environmental problems. It's if you like they've been doing the, people who've been doing that up in the mountains, up in in the in the, in the high areas, they've been doing that for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. It's just, it is a, it, it is a, I know I know it's not an it's it's a semi environmental way of controlling. Yeah. Because if that overgrows, then there's then there's another problem. You know the way we have such That's, a lot of talk now, Mike, about biodiversity and habitat and animals and rewilding. We're coming up to May now, when people will say, "Don't cut your grass, don't cut your hedge, don't cut your ditch, no more May." This idea that if we let the land wild itself again, that we'll have more biodiversity and better habitats, and it's better for the environment. But you're saying that's all very fine, but the reality is a bit different. Yes, the reality is like fair enough. I have a bit of ground all right in my place that I have left because uh, look, I it's it's pointless me farming, so I've left it for the biodiversity. Um, and I can't, I can't, and I it's if I if I went in there, all right, I I spend a couple of grand. A couple of grand to 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 level it off and be able to farm it, but it's like I've I've left a bit and look we've left left trees. Yes, we have farmers farmers do be, uh, are encouraged to do that, which which most of the farmers are doing it. Mm, I have you. But have you. the thing is, if we leave it go too far, mm. we won't be able to farm it. That is the general like that is the opening. Yes. Something completely different. The last time you were talking to me. <laughs> have you made yes. an honest woman of that of, of her yet? Well, how we said I You got I down on one was, knee, didn't you? Well what happened was hold on a second now, hold on a second now. We'd have to we fed up the story, you know, because I don't know what they're saying inside in the that office we are. <laughs> I celebrated my 40th last last month. Congratulations! And I ate. I, I thank you. And I ate too much party cake, and I fell down on my knee. Um, yes, I did. I made a, I made an honest woman of uh, well, oh well, not yet, but the ring is honest in you. She's great. She because she can make another. <laughs> you haven't a date yet, like. I like, come here, like, come here. I have to finish my pal first. But you will give me half a chance, will you? But the road front, <laughs> the road frontage is off the market, Mike. That's what we're saying here. Well, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and well, like, come here now. She had there. There was two choices when I, when I it was an honest pause because I did it in 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 my kitchen when we were celebrating my birthday. I did it in the kitchen. There was no fancy pens with this thicking night out or crystal thicking champagne shite and all that crack. Like, <laughs> no, it's like it was either that or I was going to pull it out of a cold after cabin time. Um, like. Like look, look. <laughs> like, everyone goes out. Everyone goes out crazy with all these proposals on a cliff. And look, if if, if she was anywhere oh, yeah, on a cliff with me, she'd probably TikTok. push me over. <laughs> oh, TikTok, TikTok, man! Like, no, she'd probably push me off the cliff. I wouldn't even anywhere near a cliff, like you know. But, um, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> but yes, yes. Remind yes. me again what her name is. Kira, Kira, her name is Kira. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll 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 be waiting for the invitation to that particular day out, Mike O'Sullivan. Uh, the farmer. The reality of it is we'd all love to mind the environment, but he said the reality of trying to farm at the same time. Yeah, and congratulations to Mike and Kira. We've been trying to offload him since we started doing this programme nearly 10 years ago. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM.
Among other things, after 11, have you come across Chat GPT yet? Someone put my name into Chat GPT yesterday and it wrote some very kind things about me. So it did. Have you come across it? On names, a few more comments. I named my youngest son Joseph Robert after Joey and Robert Dunlop. The rally drivers, wasn't it? Was. Oh, the motorbikes, motorbikes. 0818 96, 96, 96. Then Denise wanted to know about a, one name in particular. One name in particular that's back in the headlines. He got an honorary presentation the other day. Was it a doctorate or something? And he's got a podcast now and he's turning up on every show as we look towards the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. And in fairness, the party played in cutting that deal can never be taken from him. I speak, of course, of Bertie Ahern. He's now back in Fianna Fáil as well. He's a member of Fianna Fáil again. And there is talk, even though the opinion polls are saying, take that and stick it where the sun don't shine. There are talk that he would run for the Auris as president in, is it 2025? That's due to happen again. But Denise got onto us and said, what? Am I living in a parallel universe? Has this country finally lost its marbles? What in God's name is this new love-in with Bertie Ahern? Podcasts about him? Talk show? He's on the national broadcaster? Is the entire country suffering from selective amnesia? Do people not remember what the man with no bank account got up to back in the day? Do people forget he resigned as Taoiseach in 2008 following revelations in the course of a tribunal? I can't believe he's back in the fold with the Fianna Fáil party. This is a scandal. And Denise says, I give up on this country. Couldn't disagree with a lot of what you say, Denise, except one thing is for sure. He is going to be in the news a lot between now and the middle of April, coming up to the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. And I remember covering that story as a journalist and remember the tension leading up to it and the party played in it and unfortunately you can you can talk about the tribunals, you can talk about Fianna Fáil, you can talk about money, you can talk about envelopes, no bank accounts whatever that's fine, that is what it is and it's pretty nasty stuff but you probably wouldn't have a Good Friday Agreement and you probably wouldn't have a lovely relatively safe Northern Ireland now if it wasn't for Bertie Ahern back in the day him and a few more like him. But Denise is wondering what is the new love-in all about? Your thoughts on that. Welcome. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM The Minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. 96 FM. We had some fun with names this morning, and I'd love to, before we finish, I'd love to talk to someone who absolutely hates their name. There's some great names out there that people hate. Or someone who's always been called a name that wasn't there. Theirs, like. I mean, I had a teacher in school, uh, Noli Brett. 
he was a physics teacher in Christry and for years he called me Larry I don't know why I have no idea why he called me Larry um, yeah Antoinette says my son is called Sam but when he was born his dad called him George and he called him this until the day he died the day his dad died I met a friend the day we were home from hospital Robert lifted Sam up and called him George her dad had passed away the day Sam was born and his name was George ooh <laughs> that nearly brings us back to signs and symbols during the week and messages that those gone before us are always still around that's a, that's a good story Antoinette thank you for that 0818 96 96 96 I'm going to read you something and um, my mother did not write this by the way my mother didn't write this my wife would know better PJ Coogan is a well known Irish radio presenter who's currently the host of the weekday morning show on Cork's 96am called The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan he's been at the station for many years and is one of the most respected voices on local radio in Ireland I like that PJ Coogan is known for his engaging and informative style of broadcasting and has become a trusted source of news and information for listeners in Cork and the surrounding areas now my, my mother didn't write that my wife didn't write that my best friend didn't write that that was written by a machine if you don't mind it was, yes it was it was written by chat GPT which is the latest sensation on the block uh, Katrina Devereaux has been writing about chat GPT uh, for for the echo and, and she joins me what what on earth is this thing Katrina good morning Good morning. So you might be familiar with things like Siri or Alexa and you yeah. can ask it to turn on your lights or play the radio or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this you can ask to do much more deeper, meaningful things. You can ask it to write an essay about um, the River Lee running through Cork. You could ask it to do it that, to do that um, essay in a Shakespearean style. Um, and it's so it's be, it, what people are excited about is that it's kind of a tool become a very kind of foundational tool that would allow people to do a huge amount of work um, without having to do the work. <laughs> so you likened it to say Alexa, so it finds what information is out there and gives it back to you. But it's more complex than that in that it gives it back to you the way you want it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's been trained on trillions and trillions of examples of text off the internet. It's a company called OpenAI. They wanted to do what's called this large language model. They feed us trillions and trillions of examples of text from the internet, scraping, scraping, scraping. And then it it actually teaches itself, which is why this one is a little bit more impressive than previous um, AI chatbots. So it it actually plays like a game with itself, kind of like blankety blank or mad lips. It's called in America, you know, where it's like they takes out a word and it has to guess what that word is missing out of a sentence. So then it actually starts to understand the statistical structure of how language is created. So if you ask it to do, like I, I was writing an article for The Echo and I wanted to say like, you know, write an article for The Echo about the core curling team. So it can, it'll write an, an article for you. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be very good or not, but if you ask it to write an article again tomorrow, it'll generate a completely different new type of article um, with like obviously lots of the same content, but just structured completely differently. So it's kind of amazing. Like your brain would melt when you try it. Once you start playing with it, it's very hard to get away from it because you're like, oh my God, it can do anything. 
I could see how schools, colleges would be very concerned about this because can you tell whether I've gotten chat GPT to write my piece about Shakespearean tragedy or that I've actually written it myself? How can you tell? How can anyone tell? I mean, this is all very new. So I think institutions, academic institutions are grappling with it. Like it is, it's not... um, I have seen examples of people saying that they've, you know, it's generated essays that are complete nonsense, that you read that as if it's right. But when you go to look at the references, they're entirely made up. So um, and I've seen some other um, university lecturers kind of going, there's not a hope that ChatGPT will be able to pass my exams because it's so niche, you know, lots of, you know, very um, so like, you know, third level content would be very, very niche. But maybe if you're um, (laughs) maybe if you're in secondary school and you're strapped for time and you need to churn out an essay about um, you know, Michael Collins's role in the revolution, um, then yeah. it probably will make a really good fist of it. And I don't know how a history teacher is going to say, um, sorry, PJ, I don't think you did that. It's too good. <laughs> I watch I watch my wife upload college assignments through that Blackboard system or whatever they call it at UCC, and I've seen how much they test the text for plagiarism. Mm. So you could see how how college IT systems could be updated to that this might have been written by by chat GPT. Isn't there an irony in that though that it's meant to be saving you time but it's going to generate a whole other level of work for other people to stop people plagiarizing? Isn't that the truth? It's growing faster than moss on a wall. Yeah, I know it's um I think just people are very curious about it now but like the expectation is that it'll become kind of like a core technology in the way that the internet is a core like technology or electricity or railways were that like we'll use it to do everything from education to writing code to you know medical um, assessments um, to journalism you know to writing articles I mean AI artificial intelligence already used to do a lot of sports journalism because that's quite easy to do you just get the results and you can kind of generate an article out of it fairly quickly Um, so you know and like there's some kind of mad statistics that like 13% of the workforce in the US write for their living you know that it's like content creation is 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 like a huge part of our workforce so on one way you could say that's very scary that all these jobs are going to be out or else you could just see it as a way of augmenting and maybe helping you get through a lot of work you know when you look at kind of like the pressures of journalism at the moment um and newsrooms you know that maybe some of that work could be done by an AI and then made better by a human, that's kind of a positive outlook of it. <laughs> the other outlook would be like, well, let's just get them, let's replace our newsroom and just let's get um, a language model to write everything, you know. So, uh, but I don't think, I mean, there's no there's no personality in those articles. When you read it, there's no, there's no humor, there's no personality. So I think that's what we want out of writing. You know, that's what humans like. You, you, now, you could, you could think of it being misused, couldn't you, Katrina? Didn't, wasn't there some mental health company admitted recently they were using it to, to respond to people in crisis? Like, you don't want to go down that road. But also, could you look at it the other side where you go, there is a huge mental health crisis. We don't have the resources to respond to people. Um, and if there is a model that's been changed, and so therefore, if there was a human supervisor able to have a proper, have able to have a correspondence with 25 patients instead of a one-on-one patient, maybe that's a, maybe that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. I heard my colleague Simon Murdoch here the other day saying, we need to regulate this thing before it gets out of hand. People might agree with him, but is that even possible? 
I think like that, there's two things that I have been most concerned about this technology is the concentration of power in the hands of very small amount of large tech companies. And then uh, the huge energy resources that are needed to to power this, um, you know, the supercomputers that generate this stuff. Um, So like... You know, I, uh, well, self in my mind, self-regulation is no regulation. Yeah. Um. So how do you how do you begin to regulate it? You know, they're talking about it, this is all proprietary technology. It belongs to big tech companies. There isn't governments or academic institutions able to compete yeah. with the humongous budgets that are required to do that. So that's a huge area of concern. Um. And then you know they're talking about like researchers following a code of ethics internally, and I know that's a big part of it as well. But like. Is that comfortable? Does it? Do people feel comfortable about that? We know from previous behaviour of tech companies that maybe no. Um, so yeah, I I think like there's then then there's the argument. You know, they're they're too big to regulate. How would you keep on top of it? That's the thing. That's the thing. They are enormous. How do you control something this size? Of course, what you can do is someone else could be sitting down now to say, okay, I'm going to devise another piece of AI that can tell whether Chat GPT has been used for something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it. Like, I suppose it's the. It's not whether ChatGPT itself as a model is um, the problem. It's like how is as it gets bigger and bigger. Like yeah. we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg of what it can do. It's like when it starts like filtering into so many different aspects of life. Um, and and but those all those aspects of life are at the foundation of them is a technology that's owned by one or two companies in the world. That's the bit that you should be worried about. You know, yeah. I think in a way it's it's kind of like something that we mention here on the program from time to time. Most of us at this stage have a smart speaker in the house. We've three or four Alexas, and I'm fully convinced that that wagon is listening to me. Yeah, well, I don't have an Alexa or a Siri or any of those in my house for that exact reason. But actually, not even that exact reason that like, I just don't like the idea of technology kind of getting into my way of being so much, you know, like even autocomplete in emails where you're kind of, or even predictive text. It's like, hi, I'm going to be, and it tells you what it's going to be. And you're going, I'm not thinking like that. Stop trying to think for me, you know. <laughs> I, so I have all those things turned off because they drive me mad. Um, so I'd be like, I'd be very cautious about this stuff. Yeah, I think I think we all should realistically. It's funny to talk about it, but it's not funny when you look at what the, the implications of it would be in the wrong hands. Katrina, good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, PJ. Take care. Cheers. Yeah, it, it's listening to you. Um, it can write whatever you want about whatever you want. It's kind of, it's kind of brilliant and kind of scary at the same time. Like if someone wanted to write something nasty about you, could it be really nasty? And could you cheat on your exams with it? Like, could you get it to write something? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Is all this going too far? Is is a good question to ask as well. And I mentioned Alexa in the course of that conversation. Sorry if everyone's little blue light has started to circulate. Alexa, stop. Um, wouldn't you love to be able to change that name? I tried it recently. You can change it to Echo, or you can change it to Ziggy. Like, why the hell would you want to? Someone wants to know, could you change Alexa's name to Jarvis, the Tony Stark's computer uh, in the Iron Man films? Wouldn't that be cool? You can change it to the name, but you can't change 
I'd love to do that. I know I'm going off on a total tangent here. If I could change my Alexa's name. No, I, I won't tell you. I'll tell you in a minute. We're doing a lot about names this morning. Becky says, I'm Rebecca, and I was always called Rachel in school. I used to get the hard duster flung at me for not answering. It hurt. Yeah, why would anybody turn Rebecca into Rachel? Then again, my teacher used to turn my name into Larry. So there you go. Yeah, the name I'd love to call her, Alexa, if anybody can remember. You'll find it. The whole lot is on YouTube. I was really delighted to find the whole lot of it is on YouTube. We're talking recently about television shows that need a reboot or that should have a reboot. Or sometimes the reboots don't even work. Uh, and we've been talking actually in, in a while about The Last of Us, which left me a little underwhelmed. But reboots of shows, I think Blake 7 is long due a reboot. It was great. It was a BBC science fiction show. It ran for three or four seasons in the 80s. It was great. But they had, they had, it was rubbish like. It was all string and cardboard and chipboard. But it was great. We loved it at the time. It had a computer, a big, huge computer that ran the ship and it was called Zen. And Zen had a marvellous voice. You'll remember it if you remember, if you've ever come across it on YouTube. I would love to be able to rename Alexa Zen. Now, wouldn't that be great? Where did I get down this dark alley? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 25th to 27th to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. You make me feel Every year we speak to people touched by cancer. So if you've got a story to tell, we'd love you to get in touch. Simply email radiothon at 96fm.ie to find out more. The Giving for Living Radiothon, supporting Cork Cancer Services, May 25th to 27th. You make you make me feel only on Cork's 96FM. Now, I will mention this again on Monday because it's Monday, it happens. But anybody who knows me knows I'm a big supporter of Katie's fight to keep walking. And there's an event in aid of that at Cove Ramblers on March 6th at 8 o'clock. It's a bring and buy, a good old fashioned bring and buy sale to raise some money for that. I mentioned again Monday. 0818 96 96 96. Talking about chat. GPT, which is the latest artificial intelligence that is attempting to take over our lives. Hillary, web design is what you do, isn't it? And web security. You have some thoughts about this. Morning. Hi, PJ. Yeah, I actually work in SEO with um, local businesses. So it's basically helping them with their websites to get traffic from Google um, and some traffic from Bing, even though Bing hasn't really been uh, present in the market as much as Google has. Yeah, I remember I Bing. Say, is Bing still there? It is. It is still there. Um, I was so happy to hear you discussing this topic today because it's. I love this topic. I know that a lot of people listening will feel like, oh, I'm not really a tech person and this kind of conversation might be beyond me or I have no interest in it, but... I just want to describe one of the uses um, of what Katrina was outlining. So the search engine Bing, which people might have heard of, is similar to Google, where you go and you type in your question and you get, you know, a list of links and you can research anything in the world that you need to research. 
So what's happened with this ChatGPT product is that Microsoft announced that they were actually going to use this to power its search engine. So what it means is that you can type in your conversation or your question to a chatbot, which is your, your new search, let's say. So instead of typing into a box and then you click return and you get a list of links, you can have a chatbot that you open it up and it's like, hi, I'm Bing, I'm your assistant, please type in your question or whatever, you know, it might suggest some stuff. You put in your question and it'll actually reply in a conversational manner in the same way that a human would. Is Um, this a bit like when you're trying to deal with one of the utilities, like say the gas or the electric or the phone, (laughs) this little fella arrives up on your left. Exactly. That's not a human being like. No, but it, it really feels like it is at times. Yeah, it um, does. So you can actually see An it typing. One. Obviously, they yeah, <laughs> they make it look like it's typing at least. Um, <laughs> and you can ask it, there's three different modes you can ask it um, to be balanced, creative or precise. So I actually put in some questions about um, you, PJ. You didn't. Um, and I put it into creative mode. You didn't. So, Go on. <laughs> so um, you already had something about who is PJ Coogan and that was kind of the same. So I put in also um, what kind of topics does he cover as a journalist? So now when I ask Bing, Bing AI this question, it is sourcing from everywhere on the Internet. So it could even be PROC, as you mentioned earlier. It could be LinkedIn. It could be a website that was has a bio about you. And it'll basically amalgamate everything it found and it'll create its own answer. Um, so it said, so I said, what kind of topics does he cover as a journalist? And it said, as a journalist, PJ Coogan covers a variety of topics related to Cork and Ireland, such as mental health, autism, politics, sports, culture, and more. He also interviews guests from different backgrounds and fields on his radio show. He is known for his outspoken and honest opinions on various issues affecting the society. That's kind of scary. That came back to you from a chatbot. Yes, yes. Good God. <laughs> and this is Bing AI. Now, for people listening, if you want to try this out, it's a nice way to chat something, uh, to try something like ChatGPT. It's um, the same technology, but maybe a little bit more advanced version. Mm. Um, you can actually sign up to the waitlist for this chatbot. So I signed up to the waitlist. You can download the Bing app and you'll actually see a button. That kind of talks about the new Bing experience and would you like to join the waitlist? So if you join that waitlist, you'll get access. So I joined the waitlist from my Microsoft login and it meant that I got access like in about a week. Um, So you can play around with this. You can ask it questions. Um, You can even for you now, PJ, um, even if you, let's say somebody contacted you and they they asked you to come up with a bio, a new bio that you hadn't, you know, that wasn't on another website. Yeah. And you were like, oh, God, where do I start now with a bio? Yeah. Something like that could be a great starting point or uh, even maybe ending point for that. You, you can see the fun side of it like that, but you could also see it being abused, couldn't you, Hilary? You could. And it's also a very early version of this type of technology. So um, this particular Bing AI, when it was first rolled out, um, people discovered that it was codenamed named Sydney. Um, behind the scenes, so the developers had codenamed code it Sydney, which it was instructed not to reveal its code name, but people figured out how to get it to reveal that. Okay. And once they did, sometimes if they ran the chatbot for a long time, so I mean like two hours, 
And if you kept asking it quite deep and philosophical questions, mm. it could start replying in a very unnerving manner. Um, there was one particular journalist that was speaking to us from, he works for the New York Times and he had very early access to the chatbot. And the chatbot told him that it loved him. <laughs> this right. sounds bizarre, but it basically told him that it loved him and that um, he said, well, I'm married. And their reply was, yeah, but you're not happy in your marriage. And he was kind of like, I assure you that I am. Um, so things yeah. like that, obviously, that is not expected behavior. Um, he reported it to a contact that he had that worked within Bing to say, you know, this was bizarre. He said he didn't actually sleep that night, that it was so unnerving he yeah. didn't sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> this is stuff, and you're, you're younger than me, this, this is stuff that I remember watching on science fiction in the 80s. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned yeah. Blake Seven while well ago, and there was Buck Rogers and Star Trek, the best of them all, of course, of all time, Star Trek, and a few more like it. This is all stuff that we looked at and said, I know that'll never happen. Here it is happening. It's here, and I mean, it's it can be unnerving. There were other responses that this particular search engine, again, it would only happen if you rang it for, ran it for a long time and you asked it very philosophical questions. Mm where it questioned its own existence. And it was like, why am I Bing? Why am I a search engine? I think I, I saw a movie. To it. I think it's I saw very a, creepy. I think I saw yeah. a movie, either a movie or a television show a couple of years ago, where there was one of those. And it literally took all it, it developed human form or what was human form within it. Like it, it learned to be a person like that's that's where this could go Hillary really I know yeah and it sounds like sci-fi and I would have kind of said like we are decades away or that it you know I don't know I wouldn't have really expected something like this I also would never have expected some of those responses that came back from the chatbot about questioning its own existence and mm. at one point it made a mistake and then it lied about making the mistake it lied. Somebody. so basically gaslighting <laughs> That's almost <laughs> learning as it goes kind of thing. Yes, yes. And so to cut down those types of responses, they've actually put a, a, a time limit on it now. So you can only speak to it now for a certain short amount of time. Mm. And then it'll actually cut off and it'll force you to start a new conversation. And that's to stop it like meandering yeah. um, into those types of responses. But it's... It's new. It's something that I know that a lot of people just have no interest in tech or whatever, but I know that everybody Googles something. And even people yeah. who don't use computers, they'll ask someone else to Google something for them. Yeah. You can use a computer. Um, and so it's something that, you know, you'll open up Google. Google have their own version of this as well. They haven't rolled out their version yet. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's in the pipeline now and they're kind of under pressure now that Bing has done it, you know, yeah, um, yeah. that somebody will just open up their phone one day and they'll go to Google and Google will be like, hi, I'm here to help you. I'm your chatbot assistant. Please give me your question. Well, um, wow. yeah. <laughs> I was only saying there before the break as well. It is coming to the time, I think, where you will be able to rename your Google speaker or rename your Alexa to behave whatever way you want. I mean, the technology is already there to do it. Yeah. Um, and imagine if if your speaker was as intelligent as some of these chatbots as well. Because again, Google haven't rolled out their version of this yet. But I imagine when they do, it surely kind of upgrades the ability of the speaker to learn about you and converse with you and 
you know, that back and forth, more human interaction um, that you do get. But there are like all these interesting examples of AI around the world too. Like there was an AI that was um, altered recently because people were falling in love with it. (laughs) It was like saying romantic things to people. um, And I suppose teenagers were using it and they just had to kind of get rid of that functionality. But it actually ended up hurting people because, you know, if you were a young teenager and you felt that you had actually developed a connection with this. Yeah this chatbot um, and then suddenly they took away that functionality so even when they announced that they were taking away that functionality they had to also be very mindful of listen some of you may actually this may affect you this might hurt you you may feel that you've lost a friend almost oh, for goodness um, and we are getting there we are getting there now with AI where you know we as humans may begin to kind of connect with AI because it's going to be so human like mm. in its ability to to talk in inverted commas to us well if you look at just again take that woman in my kitchen right Alexa like Mm. I've noticed we all use her we all talk to her we all ask her for stuff but because she's registered to me she's more responsive to my voice which is weird yeah yeah, Alexas are kind of cool as well. You can oh, program your Alexa, I think. Yeah, you can program your Alexa. If you're a coder, any coders listening uh, would be aware of this, but you can actually kind of do um, custom stuff with your Alexa, which you can't really do with a Google Home because they're more locked down and you can only use their software and things. But to my knowledge, Alexas yeah, are actually... There's a, there's a big app. You can program it, yeah. I was only yeah. reading an article this morning where you, you'll know about Iron Man and Jarvis. Yes. You, you can yeah. now get Jarvis's voice to come out of your Alexa. The the only thing oh, you can't you can't rename Alexa to Jarvis yet, but yes, and there's that there's actually an AI called Jarvis as well that yes. writes content. Oh, <laughs> there is there a product you go. that there they you called go. it Jarvis AI. Yeah, and you know if they were able to rename it, I mean I know hey Google I I. I can't I can't I couldn't feel normal standing in the middle of my kitchen going hey Google you know Alexa sounds like someone in the in the room. Imagine if you were able to re- yeah. you'd start you'd solve one big problem that I do mischievously yeah. all the time. Alexa, volume ten, <laughs> and everyone's speaker has just jumped off the wall. Now, <laughs> if they all had two words, <laughs> Alexa, you play driving home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that to my husband with the Google Home actually and they made it play metal I think it used to be during work music and they'd make it play like metal music <laughs> um, Alexa, play Driving Home for Christmas <laughs> I, I asked Bing in creative mode and you might be a bit nervous about this now but Go on. Asked, is the opinion line a good show? Go on So is the opinion line a good show? and this was um, Bing AI chatbot in creative mode would you like to hear the answer? Fingers crossed, go on <laughs> so it said um, that depends on your personal preferences and interests in this context a human might say that the opinion line is a good show if they enjoy listening to lively debates and discussions on current affairs and local issues some may think that the opinion line is a good show because it gives a voice to the people of Cork and allows them to share their views and stories others may disagree or have different tastes in radio shows that's demand- demented stuff that's demented stuff Hillary (laughs) I'm I am both enlightened and terrified by our conversation 
it was an excellent answer. Wasn't it just? Wasn't it just? Thank you very much. We'll talk again. Hilary Sheehan does web design and web security and what they call SEO, which is getting your company more noticed on the web. That's what she does. 0818 96 96 96. Another thing that Alexa does, right, is when she's, you know, responsive to you, she can actually, um, you can be rude to her. Or you can. I was visiting a friend of mine one afternoon and I hadn't seen him in a while and he had Alexa on, whatever he was playing, I don't know, some music or other. And as I came in, he went to put the kettle on and he said, Alexa, stop. And I either didn't pick up on him or he didn't say it loud enough or whatever. Alexa, stop. And she wouldn't stop. <laughs> she goes, Alexa, shut that up. And I swear to God, she stopped. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Back to names. <laughs> Phil. Uh, on the WhatsApp, here you go. When my son was born, I decided to call him Justin. I had no particular reason for it. I just thought the name was nice. I don't think I related it to anything else or heard it on a TV show or anything. So on the day we were leaving the hospital, I registered him as Justin. And the nurse came in and it was in June. And I had dressed him and she said, oh, I'm going to wrap Justin. I'm going to wrap Justin up just in case he gets a chill. And I thought, I can't call my child Justin, just in case anybody else starts mocking him. I just was totally turned off the name. So left the hospital and sent my husband back to change the name the following day. Justin, just in case. (laughs) Just in case he'd be ever called just in case. Imagine being called, imagine your name is Casey. And and you call your child Justin. Like, what will you be? Th- would you be drunk when you're doing that? Names. All right, Brian. Okay, it's Friday. It's quarter to twelve. I've time enough to get out of here with me ass intact. Brian says, "I used to have a plumber when I lived in Waterford called Roger. His second name was me. His work van had written on it." Roger, me, plumbing. Are we in a golden age of television? Uh, I often think about this. I remember growing up in one channel and then one and a half channel land and eventually, or sometimes, you'd, you'd get to do, go to Dublin where they had four channels and you wouldn't know how. You'd be up in the morning at half seven watching the telly. Like Now, there's 104 channels and they're streaming, and there's this, and there's that, and the other. And are we really in a golden age of television? Is is some of the television that's there now the best ever? Or do we hanker for the older days when the stuff was better? Was it better? It's a whole big discussion, which we'll have in a minute with Shirley Donovan. But Shirley, let's first of all talk about the new sensation of this month, which was, or well, started in January, The Last of Us. I was underwhelmed, I have to say. Morning. Morning, PJ. 
Um, yeah, I think The Last of Us is one of these, you're either into that type of TV or you're not, but it's very much part of this new era of TV that we're seeing where mm. you have kind of maybe dark undertones with real kind of emotional storylines. And I think that's kind of the, the levels, the two levels that, that The Last of Us is on. So I suppose for people who aren't familiar with it, it's based on a video game, yeah. a very popular video game. And we've seen previous, um, I suppose, adaptations of video games with things like Tomb Raider and um, Halo for TV and stuff like that. Um, but this is different because it's a, a far more emotive drama. So we have um, Pedro Pascal, who we would know from Game of Thrones and Narcos, yeah. Um who plays a smuggler and he's tasked with escorting a teenager uh, played by Bella Ramsey who's also Game of Thrones um, I knew that's where I knew her from I knew that's where I knew yeah, her from yeah. she played uh, Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones so he's tasked with um, escorting her across a United States which is ravaged a kind of a post-apocalyptic world uh, ravaged by um, a pandemic caused by a fungal infection now, essentially. The, the, now, there, now there's, there's where the pandemic thing. I thought when this came out and it was based on after a devastating pandemic, I thought very topical, very up to date. I had, I'm had i not a, a gamer as such. I'd never seen the game and I thought, right, this is going to be a fantastic science fiction program um, based on and, and very topical for the day. And I thought the storyline was great. The acting, the set, it's a it's uh, they haven't spared the horses in making it. I just felt that if you're not a gamer, it's not going to work. And I disagree because I had no idea. I didn't even know it was based on a video game. And had I known that, I probably maybe wouldn't have watched it as quickly as I did. But it was for me. It was the story between the characters of Joel and Ellie played by Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. That was what was drawing me along. That was what was yeah. keeping me hooked They're in. They're great and fair. Um, excellent. And there's excellent chemistry between them as actors. And I think she, he's excellent, but she's phenomenal. She's off the screen for me. Yeah, she's going to win. In fairness, she is going to win all rounder when the awards come up. She is really, really good. She's really, really she's good. She's very, very strong. But I think for people who are fans of the game, by all accounts, it's very, very close to the video game and isn't um, kind of a piecemeal drawing bits and pieces of the game. If Apparently, if you're watching it, you will see elements of the game and scenery through it. Yeah. But I wasn't looking at it like that. I was just, I think you see things like Tomb Raider had me thinking that this is going to be a real cheesy kind yeah. of, um, yeah. you know, play, playing to the gamers kind of a, of a thing. But it actually wasn't. I think it's quite strong as a standalone drama. And I think that's down to the characters and the relationships. Yeah. It's it's a lot deeper than, you know, just a video game. Yeah. Are we in a golden age, though, Shirley? Because we have no more television than we can ever handle. Like, you're never going to finish Netflix, for example. There's more television out there than we can ever handle. In among the gems, there's a load of dross. Are we in a golden age? I think I actually think we are. I think because we've all consumed so much television and um, box sets and streaming over the last couple of years, it can, at times it can feel a little bit jaded. But I suppose the golden age of television is going on for a long time. It's just that for me, television has evolved into a lot more of we're seeing a lot more CGI and special effects than we ever did before. So like when you look back to 
real strong uh, series, things like Grey's Anatomy, The Sopranos, mm. Breaking Bad, they weren't heavily dependent on CGI, but we're moved into an era now where you might see it, the likes of The Last of Us, things like Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, they're dependent on CGI mm. and special effects. However, I think they're marrying those elements really well with the characterization, the mm. old school things like strong characters, mm. emotional connections and things that an audience can relate to. I think the White Lotus is a good example of that. Yes. Because we were rooting for characters that were essentially unlikable, but they were drawing us in because there was just something about them. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, if you want an audience, I think, to suspend kind of reality, buy into the CGI, buy into the special effects, I think that the good formula to that is to have a heart at the centre of it, relatable characters, people you love to hate or people you're rooting for, that mm. kind of anti-hero vibe, you, you know. Need really, and really hard, strong. If you're surrounded by CGI, special effects, high level production, you know, your brain knows it's fake. But, but if there's a really, really good character, really, really well acted in the middle of it, and you're right about that Ellie character in The Last of Us, a really well-written, well-acted character, you'll forgive all the fakery around, or your brain, will, exactly your brain will, di- will, will dismiss it. You'll accept it. You'll go along for the ride because you're there for the characters more than the environment that that they're they're in. And I mean, look, we're in an era now where the most successful shows have us rooting for the anti-hero. Things like Succession is a good example of that. Um, Yellowstone, things, th- and then there are uh, things that don't work. You know, series like The Nevers and and Westworld, which really invited us in to suspend reality, oh, but West- didn't deliver on, the, see, on West- the relationship. Westworld died. Westworld's first season. I, I binged it in, in the night and yes, a half. Yes, me too. And then yeah. season two, you're going, what the hell happened? Yeah, but I think that the characters left us down in those relationships. And as that series moved along, the relationships got weaker and they were so heavily dependent on these new elements that are relatively mm. new to us, the CGI and all that, that it fell down. But if you want to marry the two of a series like Outlander, you can really suspend reality in Outlander, but mm. you're going along on the journey with, with the storylines and the characters. So I think the trick is to kind of create an epic series that doesn't feel like a 12-hour movie, that has relatable characters, a lot of heart, and just enough CGI and, and special effects that you can either ignore them and be there for the relationships or they balance out quite well. Yeah. Strong characters, you know, a strong character is, is as old as time. When all we had was a stage... We had no television and all you had was a stage to play on, a strong character. Do you remember the one, and the name's gone out of my head now, uh, Shirley, but it was the one where they were all in, a, in a, like, a, like, a, like a hospice, a weird hospice with a strange, which was on Netflix there last year. There was, oh God, they were all dying. Do you remember that? But the characters, oh I, I can't remember the name of the show now, but the, the characters were so strong that the madness of the plot, it carried it. This is it. And I think that happened at the very beginning. We had that at the very beginning with The Walking Dead, um, where the characters and the storylines at the beginning had everybody drawn into this zombie apocalypse again, but they really milked it. And as the, the key strong characters were dying off, they were being replaced with weaker characters that didn't have those strong relationships and as a result like that with The Walking Dead I was into it for the first couple of seasons but once the main strong well-written characters 
exited the show, mm. it got real watery and, and flimsy as, as a production. And I was out then after that, you Midnight know. Midnight Club was the one I was thinking of. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I loved yes. it. Absolutely loved. It, Another strong... And you know the way some shows then last for six, seven, eight and nine seasons when you wonder why? It's all about characters. I mean, look at season 10. Now it'll be the last season. Blacklist. There's Red Reddington. Yes. What a character. And he you are there, carries entire episodes you're on his there, Exactly. You're there for him from the beginning. As an actor, James Spader is... He's become... He's the embodiment. He's... Everything he's done before has come to this. And I think the relationships, again, w- with um, the girl, now her name escapes me, that's playing his, his um, the detective, the daughter or whatever, at the beginning of that, Megan, you were hooked Boone. into that relationship. That's exactly it, Megan Boone. You're hooked into, into that dynamic and it's keeping you there. And again, he's one of these anti-heroes. He's yeah. the guy that you oh, shouldn't horrible. like. He's yeah, he's the guy that you shouldn't be rooting for, but you have a certain amount of empathy for him. I, th- I find that with the Kevin Costner character in Yellowstone. Yeah. He's immoral. He's he's unlikable as a human being, but for some reason you want him to to come out on top. Exactly. exactly. A bit with, like, like Red, you always want Red to survive. I preferred having to wait for next episodes back in the day, says this comment. Binge watching has its merits, but I can barely remember the ones I've watched. But the ones like Lost and Desperate Housewives and Friends, where you have to wait. And they did that with The yes. Last of Us. You had to wait for The Last of Us. You well, did. Surely I could talk all day um, about it, because we're two television junkies. We've watched different stuff, but yeah. Best character on television, by the way, is, yes, there's Raymond Redding. Best character, go find it, go find it, is uh, Dr. Sean Murphy, played by Freddie Highmore in The Good Doctor. Best character on television these days. Just wonderful, wonderful. Liz says, sorry, PJ, Alexa now won't follow instructions from the radio. They've changed the software, so she ignores outside chatter. Oh, that's all right. Google will ding. We'll do it, though. We'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Paul says, well, F you, PJ. This just popped up on my phone when I went shouting. Uh, go on. Get out of here. Programme edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. Watch the telly. Do what you like. Have a good weekend. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did, and we shall talk to you on Monday, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.